You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. folks and welcome to episode 109 of the let's talk apple podcast i'm your host bart bushat and this is your show for september 2022 my show notes say it's show 1009 i think that's a bit optimistic it's only 109 um the panel today is small in number but very high in quality and i am happy to say that gazmas from the island next door is with us for the first time in a while hi gaz hello how are you I am good, and it's uh, good, it's nice that good. our calendars have managed to line up again, because even though we're in the same time zone, ironically, I usually <laughs> record at stupid o'clock Irish time. <laughs> yes, yes, the stupid o'clock, I'm normally asleep, because I, I do tend to get up quite early to walk the dog and so such, so uh, uh, yes, yes, but that's, you know, it is what it is, it's nice to uh, come on occasionally, and that's good. Indeed, and Boy, oh boy, have you picked a good month to come on, because we have absolutely <laughs> no shortage of Apple news this this month whatsoever. Um, yes, before, this, could take, this could take several hours. <laughs> it could if I let it, but I'm going to, no, I I, I, I've decided to, to be quite cruel in cutting stories out. So we're only going to have two main stories, but they're not small. Um, and before we get into that, I'm going to do a quick rundown of some sort of ongoing stories we've been tracking on the show for a while. So in the last episode, I had a whole big thing about how I'm yeah, not all that happy with the idea of Apple becoming more into advertisement. But at the time, the story was that they you know, got a new exec in who was promising to massively increase the ad budget uh, or not the ad budget, sorry, how much money they plan to make from the ads, the opposite of a budget. Um and we knew they were planning something. Well, there's been a bit more concreteness on that since the last show. Um, there are new ad slots being added to the App Store for the holiday season and Apple are in the process of selling those. So there will definitely be more ads in the App Store. Not sure if that makes... Anyway, I, I don't like it, but so be it. Well, but, yeah, I, it, I don't know if you want me to say too much on these stories. I'll, I'll jump in occasionally. Well, I was going to say... T- it, if there's something here that really excites you, jump in, but don't feel any pressure to under these the quick follow-ups. I, I yeah, guess I, I'm, I'm with you on that, though. Don't want too many ads from Apple. Yeah. Uh, good news story. Home automation uh, matter is a step closer. The spec is now out, so Apple are one of the big drivers behind it. So I've, I've been putting off smart home stuff until we have uh, Thread and Matter up and running. So I think maybe Santa Claus will bring me some uh, smart home stuff. Yeah, good I think this, this is just good news all around, I think. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, our friends in the European Union uh, have gotten around to formalising their uh, requirement for USB-C. That has now passed. That is genuinely a European law. By the end of 2024, Apple will have to have USB-C on the iPhone. They were probably going to do it anyway, but I still think this is a terrible law because they've now gone and codified a standard in law. So... 10 years from now, how cranky are we going to be that we're still stuck on bloody USB-C? Yeah, there are pros and cons to this law. I think a lot of people um, don't seem to be too concerned about it because they're imagining that Apple will be moving to USB-C fairly soon. But I'm with you, you know, (laughs) once you put something in concrete, you then got to chop the concrete up to change it. So I'm not so sure in years to come that that will be quite such a good decision. 
Yeah, I, I got in touch with my um, MEPs about it and I made it quite clear I wanted them to vote against it, but uh, they don't appear to have listened. How dare they? No, how dare they? And unfortunately, I don't have an MEP anymore. No, you, you <laughs> fortunately, unfortunately. Yeah, anyway, mm. you know. Yeah, I think on balance you're right, but, you know, anyway. Um, we talked a lot in recent episodes about the unionization efforts, um, sort of three developments on that front this month. Um, Oklahoma City has filed a petition to unionize another store there, or rather a store in Oklahoma City. The city doesn't care, um, but the Apple workers do. Uh, there has also been a, a complaint filed against Apple by uh, the Labour Board over anti-union tactics in New York, and we reported on those on the show as they were happening, you know. It was very one-sided and Apple management were very clearly gunning in one direction. Um, So I guess we'll see what comes of that complaint. Uh, While in Australia, Apple have decided to enter into negotiations with their Australian Retail Workers Union. So that is, you know, that is happening and continue to happen. Um, Many, many months ago, we talked about tap to pay coming to the iPhone and it went into beta with Square and a few other merchants. Well, that is now out of beta and officially released. So if you are a small business owner, you can now have, basically, you can take payment with nothing more than your phone. No more buying little terminals, no more having to plug your phone into this little square thing at the bottom of your phone. You can just use your phone, which is... That's 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 going to be so much better for a, a lot of businesses. I go to a lot of small businesses and many of them, you know, they basically they have to put the value into one device. It comes up on the other device, which you then click and then they go back to make sure that it's all cleared on the other device. And yeah, just it'll make their life so much easier, I would have thought. I hope so. And, you know, with someone like Square as one of the launch partners, it, it should really take off, which would be great. Um, at WWDC, Apple did two big security-related things, one of which got a lot, a lot, a lot of publicity, pass keys, and the other didn't really catch people's attention that much, which was uh, personal access tokens, which was Apple's way of getting rid of captures. Basically, Apple will cryptographically verify to the website that wants to know if you are a human, that you are indeed a human on an iOS device, and it will do all you know all of that in a privacy-preserving way so the website can be sure you're not a bot because your phone is vouching for you. And you don't have to find all of the crosswalks or traffic lights or bicycles or whatever the heck it is Google wants us to do for their AI at the moment. I think we're teaching Google cars to drive personally. But uh, anyway, (laughs) it was an API and an API is no good on its own. Uh, What happened this month is that Cloudflare have uh, announced Turnstile, which they have put into beta for now, but it will be a free service so that anyone running a website can replace their recapture with a Turnstile and anyone running iOS or the future versions of macOS or iPadOS that are due out any week now will simply not see captures. They will go right by, whereas other users will have to do other things, although um, Cloudflare said that they're going to use signals of your behavior and stuff so that even other people won't have to tell how many bicycles there are but they you know their privacy won't be quite as preserved because they're going to be looking at things like cookies and stuff whereas for us as apple users we'll just sell clean through on every website that uses this free replacement of captures and obviously given that no website wants to inconvenience real humans i think this is likely to take off yeah, is is it me or were captures starting to disappear anyway to a degree? I mean, they're extremely frustrating when they appeared, um, and and much like um, Alison, when you spoke to her about this on a, a very recent show, she felt like she'd played a game and won, 
with some of the captures, but most of the captures, it's, yes, it's a bike. What do you mean it's not a bike? Yes, it's a <laughs> bridge. What do you mean, no, it's not a bridge? Yeah, very frustrating. But I seem to have just thought that I've seen, you know, many fewer of those, or is that because the fact that I was in the Apple ecosphere? I'm not really sure now. Uh, I think it may be because you're logged into Google. So Google's recaptured takes as one of its very strong signals, are you logged into a Google account at the moment? And if it is, you just click the button and say, I'm not a robot. And it goes, I know you're not because you're logged into me. Um, mm. But if you're like me and you aren't a big fan of Google and I'm not logged into a Google account ever, I may solve problems all the time. Well, that concerns me even more then because I do not, log into google whenever i'm in google i see it pop up i make sure that i either am logged out or not logged in so i'm gonna have to uh i'm gonna have to triple quadruple check that now i think yeah i mean it does use other signals too but one of its strongest signals is are you logged into a google account yeah okay of course it is it's google So anyway, with the Cloudflare, it's beta at the moment, which means only Cloudflare customers can deploy it. But once it's out, I think we should all see fewer captures, which would be nice. Yeah, very good. Um, there was a whole big kerfuffle, you may remember, when people started digging under the hood and saying, well, why aren't, why aren't all iPads getting a stage manager? Why, is it, why are some iPads being excluded? And wow, 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 wow. And, uh, well, apparently a few more are getting it now, um, but they won't be getting external display support because obviously these older iPads, they can deal with stage manager, but just once, not a stage manager and another stage manager on the external monitor. So I guess nice of Apple to do that. I don't think they're under any obligation to give new features to old devices, but hey, I guess that's one of the things we like about being Apple owners is our devices get cooler you know, just absolutely me. was just going to agree with you on that totally the fact that uh um they support i think older devices much more than i get the feeling because i don't know anymore um but i get the feeling that i and certainly i see from friends that um some of the other um ios not ios's but the other os's and manufacturers don't support quite so much uh, in the way of older equipment as apple does yeah, um, if you go with a premium end Android, you tend to get okay security support and stuff, you know, at least three years or whatever. But Apple generally do five, which is mm. really quite impressive. And yeah. I have never, I have never thrown an Apple device in the bin. I have always handed them down to family who have gotten many years use out of them. Here, here. Uh, and then finally, probably the longest running story ever in the history of the show, apart from maybe some of the bloody court cases that never end. Um, Apple are continuing to diversify their supply chain, and they've certainly gotten more interested in that since COVID. Um, they will be making iPhone 14s in India. Um, there are apparently moves afoot to get um, AirPods and Beats headphones made in India, and Apple are tentatively stepping into more manufacturing in the US. So that's all, you know, moving in that direction. But in case people are too interested or too happy about this, um, someone decided to do a report and sort of try to figure out how long would it take Apple to actually move everything out of China? Because there's a lot over there. And uh, apparently, according to the economists, it would take eight years to move 10% of Apple's dependence on China. So, yeah, this is good, but, 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 but... (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure how much I would rely on that, to be perfectly honest with you. I think I think there are a few provisos. There, there should okay. be a few provisos in that process. And that is, um, if they were having to do it very quickly or much quicker than that, they would. 
they'd throw money at it. But to have a smooth transition, and this was something I was going to mention early doors, Apple's got to make sure that the quality of the product and the manufacturing process are all up to their standards. Um, mm. So moving moving a manufacturing process can take some time if you want to make sure that you've, you're matching uh, Tesla, I think, are a, a, obviously a, an example of this. Um, you can have very different um, manufacturing standards in different uh, different parts of the world. So if if that eight years relates to obviously a nice smooth transition, then yes, it may well take quite a long time to move. If they want needed to do it much quicker, I think they probably could, if I'm honest. Well, if anyone could, Apple could, right? Because they have the biggest yeah. war chest out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um yeah, and if you remember some of the early days in India, you know, the, the that Pegatron factory in India has had some uh, interesting moments, right up to rioting. <laughs> So, you know, that wasn't the world's smoothest transition, but it does seem to be on track again. Yeah. And people, what people have got to remember is it's not, it's not just the manufacturing plant itself. It's also the, the supply chain that they've got to move to that new location, wherever that location is. So there's a whole, there's a whole train of things which have to move and, and make sure works in the right manner. Because if you think about it, when Apple want a manufacturing plant to move, they are thinking about the impact of any new device that they release and the sudden upsurge of manufacturing of those products at the same quality standard that they currently achieve. So, yeah. I wonder, is it easier to move with a new product instead of migrating an existing absolutely. product? I would say absolutely. I would say absolutely. Yeah. So again, that would be a reason why you could do it very slowly over time, because as you're introducing new stuff, you just bring it in in more places at once. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, moving on to notable numbers, which is a segment I haven't done a lot in recent times because, generally speaking, I've had too much to talk about. But one number I just felt we couldn't ignore. According to CounterPoint Research, in the United States, the iPhone has now overtaken Android in usage share. So not necessarily sales numbers, but usage share, which I think goes back to what you were saying about how iPhones last longer. If Even if Apple aren't selling as many each year, if the Apple ones are all hanging around for twice as long, then their actual usage share is going to be much, much bigger than their sales share would lead you to believe. So that's kind of impressive. I, I, I think Apple would also like to think it's because uh, that uh, their devices are more user-friendly in the usage of those devices as well. Um, they, I don't, I'm sure they you know, do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and whether they could come out with numbers like that, I'm not sure to, to back that up. I don't think they could probably, but uh, I I agree with you. I there are um, there are one, two, three, four generations of phones living in my fairly direct family. Um, so that goes back. The current one I'm going to be only, uh, uh, holding on to for, a, and there was a dropout through COVID. So you're t- probably talking about a phone which is six or seven years old. I'm still working absolutely fine and making someone very happy. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, it's kind of what makes it more impressive to me is that this isn't share of smartphones. This is just share of phones. So what are those yeah. really, really dirt cheap phones people are picking up for a pittance? They're in that mix too. And the iPhone is still holding its own, which That's, I guess the SE impressive. helps with, but it is, it yeah. is impressive. Yeah. Um, okay, so legal latest then. Um, 
Brazil have decided that it is an absolute calamity that Apple are not shipping a charger with their iPhones. So they're fining Apple 2.3 million US dollars, obviously not in dollars, they're in Brazilian rand, or I think it's a rand they have over there, whatever currency they have over there. Um, and they're also banning the sale of iPhones. And I sort of looked for an update to this news story to say that, you know, Apple had changed something and started selling iPhones again. But I haven't seen that update story. All I have seen is the ban. That seems quite a big impact on Apple not to do something if they're going to have a ban. I mean, they must have been warned about this. You know, I I wouldn't have expected that the Brazilian government government or any government would suddenly say, right, okay, you've not responded. We're not going to talk to you. We're just going to ban your phone. Um, There's been been noise about this for a very long time. Yeah. The regulators have been very cranky. So, So I just find that surprising that Apple's not done something along this big whether you think it's right or wrong in what the brazilians are doing um the fact that apple you know seem to be not um, moving on this a charger for the loss of an iphone sale seems harsh seems uh, seems odd that apple haven't responded yeah unless this is one of those things where it's actually not really affecting apple like it sounds like it should I have this vague memory of there being similar stuff like this in the past where it turns out that Apple don't sell directly into the country, but they have resellers and the resellers are working away just fine. So I don't know if it's one of those things where Apple are like yeah, not allowed to do what Apple weren't doing, or maybe it means you can't go to apple.com, but you just go down the high street and pick one up. Possibly, possibly. Yeah, so just, any, anybody from Brazil who's listening, let us know. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, the ban story was everywhere. And Silence. Yeah, uh, well, I really was expecting another shoe to fall somewhere. It's, a, it's only Apple users that listen on their phones, and if they're not able to buy any, then no, that's... <laughs> yeah, but they last forever, we just said. Yes, I know, yes, I know, I know. <laughs> it's, it is weird that these stories sometimes just vanish, and it makes me, well, it makes me wish I could speak Spanish or Portuguese, whichever it is they mm. speak in Brazil. Gosh, I wish I even knew that much. Sorry to say, I think quite, it's uh, Portuguese, isn't it? I think it's Portuguese. My brain Even I says, don't. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know either. So let's not guess. <laughs> Definitely a language from the Iberian Peninsula. <laughs> that much I am certain of. Um, an appeals court has rejected Apple's settlement over a bloody battery gate. So this story is still not over. And what makes it double cranky making is that the court doesn't actually have a problem with the settlement. It's just like, well, yeah, but the paperwork was wrong. So on a technicality, they're sending it back down to a lower court to do it again. Have another go. File the paperwork properly this time. So I don't know. Hypothetically, anything could happen, I guess, if it's thrown back to a lower court. But I think they'll just dot the I's, cross the T's and try again. I don't know. Oh, well, I'm so. sure they don't want to revisit the the whole case. Uh, you know, it's a matter of just re repost all of the uh, relevant paperwork in order, and then we'll just stamp it through. You'd hope, but who knows? Who knows? And I still think it's one of the stupidest course cases ever. Apple slow down <laughs> phone to stop phone going obsolete. Therefore, Apple are doing planned obsolescence. Wait <laughs> a second. Yeah. 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 Yeah, happened in France as well, didn't it? Not quite. It sure happened in happened lots there. of places: France, Italy, and it, it was it, it was a stupid everywhere it happened. But uh, yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. Yep. Um, meanwhile, Apple v. Epic. That's not you in court until well this month now because we're a bit late recording. So it is the September show, but we're recording in October, and it's later this month that the actual case is going to court. But there was a whole big hoo ha earlier in September. 
But the DOJ would like to uh, talk to the court too uh, on Epic Games' behalf because the DOJ feel that the court hasn't properly interpreted the law and that Epic is more on the ball than the court was. Uh, and so they wanted some time and then there was a whole big kerfuffle about, well, whose time should they have? Because they don't actually have a lot of time to make arguments. I think it was only 30 minutes each. And so neither side wanted to give up their time. And Apple were like, well, you're coming in on Epic's side. Take Epic's time. And Epic were like, no, but we want our time. In the end, the judge was like, fine, you can have your own time. So the DOJ is coming in to make arguments on their own time. And then I've just tagged in another story here because I couldn't really find a better place to stick it into the show notes. But... There's a lobby group that claims to represent small developers, and it turns out they're literally paid for by Apple. And I don't like that kind of thing. That's the kind no. of underhanded shenanigans everyone else is up to. I mean, we all know Epic Games is paying for some of these quote-unquote lobby groups. It's just Epic Games. But Apple shouldn't be stooping to their level. No, that's that's not so good that that shows a side it shows a side that they understand they've got to play the game but in the past they haven't seemingly bothered to play that game i or think or they've played clean yeah or they've played clean agreed that that, that does feel a little a little underhand yeah i don't like it but anyway that that is what it is uh, meanwhile, the Supreme Court have uh, rejected Apple's bid to cancel Qualcomm's 5G patents. So I think that means there's more litigation to come. Yeah, Qualcomm's got a real stranglehold on that, haven't they? They really do. Now, you know, I guess they'll argue, but we invented the technology. But they're supposed to be this FRAND stuff. Mm. You know, mm. Standards, essential patents come with responsibilities as well as lots and lots of cash. Um, that, doesn't, that system doesn't seem to be working as well as it could. No. Um, in another list of court cases I thought was stupid, um, do you remember there used to be all of this problem with fraudulent Apple stuff on Amazon? And then Apple yes, entered a deal yes. with Amazon to basically clean house. And the Italians responded by fining Apple and Amazon 195 million US dollar equivalent in euro uh, for price fixing. <laughs> well, you've gotten rid of all of the bloody counterfeits. Well done. Um, anyway, that's, um, that has been dismissed. So a higher court saw some sense and put an end to that. Uh, meanwhile, in France, all the money that all the money that has been wasted in the process for that incredible, incredible. Well, oh no, delighted, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, in France, they had a fine of one point something uh, billion cut down to three hundred and sixty six million on appeal. Uh, but Apple want to appeal the appeal because Apple think because it happened a long time ago and they're not doing it anymore, they shouldn't have to pay anything. Which is an interesting defence, but Your Honour, I've stopped breaking the law. Why should I pay now? You were. So I don't know how that'll work out, but anyway. Yeah, I I should think it's Apple's law department, I think, almost are becoming a financial, um, you know, they've got their own uh, uh, P&L to look after, I think. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> thankfully apple don't work with pnls and stuff or they, they would become <laughs> no. patent trolls right that's the one thing apple don't do is go after others they are purely defensive no but i'm just wondering whether you know the it'd be interesting with the you know the, the the because they must own many many lawyers and solicitors oh, etc yeah. and have their own department it's always you know how, how can we make sure that we're our pnls going the right way oh they've lowered it no we don't want to pay it at all right there's one throw that back 
<laughs> I, th- I think when you have lawyers on retainer, you sort of want to keep them entertained because it's yeah. too much effort to lay them off, I think. Yeah. And I, I need to correct myself here because I think there's lots of people shouting at their iPod, at their iPhones or whatever now, because yeah, Apple do go after people for breaking patents, but they don't do it in a patent trolley way is what I, was, no. what I should have said. They only go after patents they actually use. And you can argue how silly it is to go after elastic, bouncy things, but look, you know, at least they make them. Um, I've decided to add a new segment to the show notes, a regulation rundown, because for the last couple of months I've been having a segment at the start of the show going, and some follow-up, Apple is still in trouble with regulators. I'm going, maybe this maybe this gets a section of its own. Maybe this actually is a thing. So in September... Um, Apple are facing a new investigation in Mexico over App Store fees, and the issue really revolves around where does Apple take its cut? Does it take the cut and then you charge VAT on the bit that's left? Or do you increase it for VAT and then give Apple their cut? Which actually does make a difference, whether you inflate it by 20% before or after Apple take their cut. And so Apple are currently taking the cut out of the big pie and uh, Mexican developers feel they should be taking the cut out of the small pie. Uh, so that is now an investigation on whether or not that is in fact allowed under Mexican competition law. So that's interesting, but that's just an investigation. The Koreans take a much more proactive route to yes. these kind of things. Yes. Um, they are also wondering about the fees Apple charge and they decided to raid Apple's offices in Korea to figure out what's going on. That's one way to get answers, I guess. Um, so yeah, that that was that was a dramatic thing that happened. Uh, then in HR and acquisition news, uh, we have Chris Van Amberg is leaving uh, his role as head of video marketing, which he'd been in for four years, I think. Um, apparently, he spent more time with his family, which I always think might be a cliche. But I read his email to all staff, and it actually sounds like he actually wants to go spend time with his actual family. So maybe it isn't a euphemism this time. Mm. Good for him. Yes, Apple's um, credit card chief is off to join a startup. So not spend time with family, spend time with a startup. Uh, And then their VP for procurement, Mr. Blevins, left the company unexpectedly. um, (laughs) Because, I I mean, so he he was at a fancy pants car show with a giant big shiny shouty car and there was a was he a tiktoker or a youtuber i can't remember which TikTok, one of these video platforms TikTok. it was tiktok i think yeah so going around asking all these people with the giant big shiny cars what they do for a living uh, and mr blevins obviously hasn't watched a new movie in 30 years because his reply was to completely mangle a quotation from a movie called arthur i'd never even heard of and um, apparently it's about a tennis player or something and while something that was a crass comedy in 1981 would have been fine in 1981 when you misquoted and just really focus on the grabbing large breasts bit, it doesn't play in 2022. And he found himself in need of a new job really quite quickly. Yeah. He did what I call uh, a bit of a Boris, if I'm honest, uh, Although, or, or I could say a bit of a Liz. Uh, it could be any of those. Ed, Ed, pick any prime minister of the UK for the last two or three years, uh, and he did one of those. Bit of a blunder, bit of a stupid blunder. Yeah, um, and I guess, who was that guy they hired who'd written a really misogynistic book, and they actually hired him and stood over it for a while, and then all the employees went all cranky. I don't cranky. remember that one. I don't remember that one. It might have been pre-pandemic, so maybe it's two or three years ago now. 
but it was a guy who'd written a book about Silicon Valley where it was really quite mean to a whole bunch of female people in Silicon Valley. And they hired him and so yeah, yeah, yeah. We know we said that all those years ago, but that was years ago. And then the employees got really, really cranky. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so this looks to me like, it's like, oh, let's lip this one in the bud, shall we? So they did. Yes. And I, you know, I do slightly feel sorry from that. What was obviously a silly dad joke went horribly wrong, but it is 2022. It is. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I know that president of America can grab women by the, you know, what's, but really that's, you know, anyway. Yeah, well, when you're when you're a vice president of a very large company, you do have to just think about things a little bit, especially this day and age. Yeah. And then finally, to end this segment on a more upbeat note, it was promotion time in Apple, and uh, they have now issued a whole bunch of new VP badges to people from Maps, Services, and Silicon. So basically promotions for heads of those departments. They are now at the level of VP is good for them. Apple have something like a hundred odd VPs I discovered while reading this article. Wow. So, yeah, apparently it's a rank. Um, so you might think, you yes, know, so you have, yes. you have SVP, which is fairly rarefied air, but you have a lot of people yes. under them at the VP level. Uh, yes. Yeah, so it's not like the presidency. We have like a president and a vice president. No, no, you have many vice presidents in Apple land. Um, and that well, then brings well, us. Well, oh, sorry, grow, I, and and that will will that just increase really? It won't because you know the more technologies and uh, areas of expertise that they uh, uh, start selling, uh, the more of those areas and functions they're going to need VPs to make sure are running appropriately. And the more staff they hire, right? Because ultimately, yep. The, yep. the more people you have to manage, the more managers you need above them. So yeah, you're yeah that that group of of VPs is likely to grow, and you know maybe the group of SVPs will grow. Indeed. Yeah. Moving on to Apple services and original content. Apple Fitness Plus is being pushed out to iPhone users. Uh, so it used to be that you needed to have an Apple Watch to get Apple Fitness Plus, but it's now being pushed, being made available. You're not getting it for free. Uh, if you'd like to pay for it, you know me, um, in all the 21 countries where Apple Fitness Plus is available at all. Makes complete if, sense. It, yeah, I never quite understood why they tied it to the watch. Maybe they needed to throttle it in term, for some other reason. I don't know. Um, AppleCare Plus, if you buy it with your iPhone and stuff, you can now, uh, it used to be limited to two damage claims in the lifetime of the product, or was it a year? I think it might have been to a year, which to me sounds like you're pretty clumsy if you're smashing your Apple product more than the two year allowed a year, but now you can smash it as often as you like. Well, I'm sure there's within reason, but yes, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> basically they removed the official limit anyway. Um, in terms of Apple Arcade, I've stopped. When, and and yeah. can I just interrupt you there? When we say you can smash it uh, as much as you want, there are still char- smaller charges involved, are there not, on some of the things? Yeah, you um, always pay your excess, I believe, is the insurance, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is that basically sense. an incentive not to make frivolous claims, I think, is the purpose of the excess. Yeah, of course, of course. And I think they don't cover cosmetic damage. So if you if you go to smash your phone, but you're not very good at it, and it still works, you're going to get nothing out of it. You have to smash <laughs> it again. Throw it downstairs harder next time. Yeah. I actually had someone who was told by their carrier to break their phone, quote unquote, by accident, so they could give them a new phone. They were Windows phone users and were very, 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 very cranky about how terrible the experience was. And they were actually told, I think it was Vodafone in Ireland, basically said, look, tell you what do us all a favor smash the phone and we'll send you out an android phone 
It's like, what do you mean? Can we have insurance for it? And he went, no, just leave it on the driveway and accidentally drive over it or something. So, okay, then. the car, do yes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, I don't that, think you hear uh, that, that That person, I think, had had a lot of calls about Windows phones from the sound of it. Quite probably. Um, we generally speaking don't talk about every single Apple Arcade game because that would be a lot of talking. But uh, I think it's worth mentioning that NBA 2K23 is going to be uh, getting a sort of a, a special version with a greatest mode just for Apple Arcade as an exclusive. That seems to me to be a big deal, being neither into sport nor gaming, but I think it's a big deal. Yes, probably. Uh, I mean, it, it's You're taken a this, couple... aren't you? Yeah, yeah. It takes a, but it, it, I'm a bit surprised because they, they, it, what it's the story says is they Apple Arcade bought the NBA 2K franchise uh, to its platform um, with NBA 2K22 back in 2021. Um, I'm very confused now. Yeah, yeah, because it's now moved on to 2K23, isn't it? This this arcade edition. Um, it does seem big. I'm not sure how much I've tried these sorts of games, certainly on my iPad and not liked them. Mm. Um, I think if this is much more playable through the arcade uh, on your Apple TV, then it could well become more of a much bigger issue, not issue, but a, a, a bigger deal. You know, deal for Apple, certainly if they start bringing other games, um, but it's got to be play. I think more playable through the TV, not just on the iPad. Mm. I think the iPad is still good for casual gaming, but these sorts of games uh, very often need, you know, people people want a little bit more of an immersive um Hold around the telly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's so. certainly how I played games as a kid, although our tellies were much smaller, so we had to sit much closer. <laughs> it's true. It I mean, is. the iPads these days are almost as big as an old 14-inch portable, aren't they, I suppose? So. Kind of. Jesus, actually, you're dead right again. Very close to being the same size as what you used to have <laughs> a telly. Christ, so we sat back on the couch. When her parents were about. <laughs> um, Feels, uh, yes, I think it may well feel big. Cool. Moving on to Apple Music then. Um, they started off the month, you know, I think pretty substantial stuff. And they taking over from Pepsi, which a lot of people are pointing back to the fact that they did steal Pepsi CEO many moons ago and then he kicked Steve Jobs out of the company. Uh, but Apple are taking over from Pepsi as the title sponsor for the NFL Super Bowl halftime show. And uh, it's actually Apple Music, not Apple in general. And uh, Rihanna will be headlining their big halftime show eventy thingy, which seems it's like big. It, it's big. Yes, it is big, Bart. It's it is fact, big. Okay, good. It's massive. Yes, it is very big. But certainly in in the US, and very often actually uh, around. I mean, it's, NFL has actually become quite big in the UK as well. They they have some games over here, and the the stadiums. I think uh, this year they've got three games. I think, and the stadium wow. just get absolutely sold out completely. So uh, yeah, um, and the halftime show is just massive. So to be the headline advertiser, I think is quite big. Yeah. Uh, also, Billie Eilish. She's currently on a uh, tour and a music tour, and she is ending her tour with a live Apple Music or an Apple Music live event. It's probably the right way around to say that. So that again, you know, big artist. Well, I think Apple have had a relationship with before, but still, yes, nice, yes, nice, yeah. And then Apple reminded us all that they've been around for a while and they're getting very good at this when they reached one hundred million songs on Apple Music. 
which is kind of impressive. It is. And it's, um, it, yeah. I must admit, it is rare now that I cannot find a piece of music that I want, other than classical. That's a little bit more of a different subject. Um, yeah. But, but when uh, is that but, coming? We keep being promised. They bought a Yeah, we keep hearing about that, it. don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, not, but, like, uh, yeah. yeah, because it's not tracks and albums, really, because you have tracks making up pieces, you know, your basic movements become pieces, become albums. There's a level of categorization that just doesn't work well on Apple stuff at the moment. And I really hope they get their ducks in a row on that because I, I definitely want a better classical experience. I'm sure Alison would really um oh uh, yeah like this uh, the, the millions because she i know that she listens to music all the time <laughs> sorry allison <laughs> sorry allison i just had to do that yes it, <laughs> yeah, mean, it is I, it's I, impressive it is impressive yeah like as a general rule i i don't buy music anymore i just to be honest i just go into the for you section and apple knows what yeah. i want which is I don't know if that's good or bad, but anyway, I learn, I'm learning new music. I'm discovering new things. What, what I think you should say, actually, is my Apple device knows what I want. Because Apple, you know, they keep pushing mm. this thing. Everything is more device orientated and we don't take it back and do anything with it. And if they keep to that, then great. You agreed, actually. Yeah. And it is kind of good because I, I generally listen to music while writing show notes and stuff. So I want stuff without words. And Apple have been doing a really good job of getting really fun music my way these days while writing show notes, which is great. Um, And then they've also released a new Apple Music Today thing, which is basically articles digging deeper into some famous uh, music stuff, which could prove interesting. And uh, they're also allowing bands and artists to take control over their artist pages in Apple Music, which, again, could be quite nice. I mean, Apple already have really good artist pages, which are clearly written by humans. Um, But it is kind of nice that the bands get to have a bit of a say on their own profile. And I think one of the other things, I'm not sure if it was in an interview or if it was in the press release, but Apple are also saying that they're going to double down on this notion of human curation. So if you pick an artist in Apple Music and you you ask it to give you a, what is it, um, what's that word for an overview album? Essentials, you know, the Beatles essentials or whatever. Like they're all oh, curated yes, by yes. people. They call them essentials, don't they? You're right, yeah. And then if you really like it, they give you a deep cut, which is basically the, the like the essential plus plus, and then also the influenced by and the influence on albums. And they're all curated by people and Apple are doubling down on that. And I think that's great because yeah. you tend to get really interesting stuff in those playlists. Agreed. Apple TV Plus then, uh, or the Ted Lasso News, I think I should rename it. Um, <laughs> Ted will be in a video game. Uh, FIFA 23, which I guess is the 2023 version of the FIFA game, will have Richmond United, sorry, not Richmond United, AFC Richmond, um, as one of the teams you can play. And a bunch of the actors and stuff are involved. And you can also get uh, Coach Lasso um, strutting around the pretend sidelines. Um, I believe you can't play it on Apple devices, which is slightly hilarious. But anyway, it's, it's a big yeah, thing for Apple that, that is quite uh, ironic, isn't it, in the in the process? But uh, yeah, this is quite funny. Um, the fact that you can play FIFA 23 and you can play Richmond United or whatever the the name of the club is and have all of these <laughs> fictitious <laughs> characters and players in really what is a game concentrating on real world. Uh, football teams so yeah weird weird i wonder how many americans ted lasso has gotten into soccer um i i i 
that's an interesting point, actually. That is really an interesting point. I know that women's football in the, in the States was really quite very much bigger than the men's game. Um yeah, for, winning a, for a lot longer. Well, yeah, but for a lot longer, there seemed to be a lot more interest in, in it as well. Um, so um, whether this has brought more men into soccer in the States or not, I don't know. But that'd be an interesting uh, number to try and find out. Well, I certainly think there's more people in America who you could say, so what's going on in the Premiership? And they would at least know that it was soccer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, it's awards, as always. Um, I've started going into these in too much detail, but Apple TV Plus picked up five Creative Arts Emmys for Schmigadoon and Severance. And then uh, they got a whole bunch of nine primetime Emmys, including Ted Lasso winning Best Comedy again, which is a big deal because that doesn't happen often that you get it two years in a row. And Carpool Karaoke, Schmigadoon, Severance and Home Before Dark also picked up some Emmys as well. So I think people were quite surprised that the Creative Arts Emmys had nothing for Ted Lasso, but just for Schmigadoon and Severance. But then when the Primetime Emmys came along, bada bing, bada boom, Ted Lasso got it again. Well done, Apple. I I think they like their awards, so uh, they'll be very happy with that. They will, yeah, because I mean, everyone scoffed at Apple making a TV company and they're only going to make their own content. I mean, how good can it be? But the answer is pretty darn good, actually. Um, I must admit, I haven't watched anything on Apple TV yet, which I've gone, oh, that was rubbish. So, yeah, actually, uh, you're, you're dead right, because I've watched documentaries and they've been amazing. I have watched movies and they have been really good. And I am completely, totally and utterly sucked into For All Mankind and Ted Lasso and um, yep. Yep. Foundation. Um, yep. Well, we do, we like uh, a trying as well. That's uh, a gentle comedy and we uh, we really enjoyed that. So I can highly recommend that one. Yeah, it's British comedy as well, actually, so it's not just American yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay, well, in terms of main stories this month, I've broken it into two, hardware and software. <laughs> which is basically, that's, that's what this month has been, shiny new stuff from Apple. So I'm going to start us on the hardware as our first story because, well, that way we get to finish on the software, which everyone gets to play with. So Apple had their September event and you can watch the keynote online and actually I find a great link. Uh, Mac Stories have done uh, Apple's event by the numbers. So if you wonder how much RAM is in an iPhone 14, basically it's all the, the techie stats just in one page. So that's linked in the show notes. That's darn handy for answering all of those kind of questions. Um, I guess we should probably ask the obvious question. Have you, did Apple open your wallet on you with or without your previous planning? Yes, but there was a little bit of previous planning, and that's uh, uh, a, a new watch. However, <laughs> however, I, well, well, well. <laughs> rather disappointingly for most people, it was just the uh, uh, just the SE. Is it they call it the SE? Yes, they yeah. do, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Um, I, it, <laughs> I actually realised. I thought I'll tell you what I'm going to do because I, I knew that I was I'd, I'd gone down the mindset of going. Right, I've got a four. I'm going to move to the eight. Now's the time. I'm going to see the always on um, screen, and there are mm. a few other extra things that you know uh, the eight would bring me over the four. Great, great. And the more I looked at it, and the more I saw what was going on, and I did a little bit of of, of research in terms of the fitness side of the watch, I actually thought, do I really need to spend the extra? Well, almost not quite doubling a price, but, you know, an extra, yeah. almost two thirds extra uh, to get to get 
either an eight. Okay, I won't get the eight. I'll go for a refurbished seven. So I thought, no, why am I doing this? Well, I, let me just go for the SE. I'll use it for a couple of weeks. And if I'm missing anything or think I'm missing anything, I'll send it back and go for, you know, the, the better version. Well, no regrets, I would say. So, uh, it, it, yes, I have. I have I have bought a new product, but it's really only a watch and the cheapest watch that they do. Well, not the cheapest watch they do because I've got the uh, the uh, cellular plan on mine. But uh, yeah, I got that and uh, transferred it over. All good. I did also buy a pair of Beats um, because mine had gone. So, but none of the new products. I haven't bought any of the new products. Only well, the, the SE updated is SE. New. Yeah, uh, uh, updated. It's, I, su- it's I suppose it's all updated. Good really. value for money. Yeah, it is. I, I've got to say, um, I've got to say, Bart, that actually, apart from the ECG, which is the major thing which I actually lose out on which I only really use occasionally when I first got the watch and then put it on other people so they could see what their ECG was. Um, There's there's nothing else which I, you know, I thought, no, I really don't need anything else. And obviously in the future, what this does mean, though, I may buy an updated SE more often in the future. It gives me that capability Mm. rather than spending the extra money for, a you know, a watch that, well... Is blood pressure. If they come out with blood pressure and it's a relatively yeah. accurate thing, I think that would be something which I might then go, okay, I'm going to spend the extra money. But the SE in the future is going to be updated with some of the you know the features of the other watches anyway. So it is yeah. all going to come down to the SE. And like the iPhone SE is stunning value for money these days. That new yep. Apple Watch SE, it, it's very impressive what they put in there for that price. Like agreed. Friends and family who are humming and hawing about a smartwatch, it's very easy advice to give. Just go for the SE. Yeah. Agreed. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, and, the, um, and the software that you get, you know, really what this also does is make sure that I can keep up with the, that software over a longer mm. period if if I needed to. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I am the, the mostly happy owner of an iPhone 14 Pro. Um, I just find it well hilarious done. that Apple can't do colour. So I really, really wanted blue last year and I got silver. And I know a lot of people really wanted purple and they all said, yeah, it's kind of silver. So I ordered silver. It's white. (laughs) I've never, I actually thought it was officially called white when I see the phone, but I actually checked on my receipt. No, they did sell me silver, but honest to goodness, it's white. Um, But I think I, I, as soon as I saw the dynamic island, I was like, no, that's it. I'm, I'm sold. Um, uh, all right yeah i i well i've got a two-year contract i thought when when i bought the 13 i thought yeah i'm going to stick with a two-year contract on that now i don't need to change it each year um and so you know i'll have a bit of a bigger jump next year because i'm likely to go with the phone next year um and this will then start feeding down to the family so they're kind of they were all expecting a new phone because what mm. happens is it's a drip feed all the way down to the bottom of the rung. Um, and well, I was kinda... told, I was told, I was like, oh, hey, love, I'm taking the afternoon off because there's an Apple Kino. I said, oh, great, I wanted a new phone. I really like your blue one. I'm like, it's not blue, but you can have it anyway. Um, so I was pretty much sure I was buying a new phone. But when Apple started talking, I was like, okay, no, I, I not just am I buying one, I want one. Yeah. And I'm also very confident that my next Apple Watch will be an Ultra. It's just not now. Really? Because absolutely. You're really going to go for the Ultra? Okay. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. If you think about, I'm out on the bike every day. And I do that winter and summer. And Ireland's weather is quite like yours. Yeah. 
I will definitely get use of the ruggedness. The other thing is I keep on scratching my screens because I whack them into walls and stuff. And just that little lip where this, the metal is a little proud of the screen. Oh, just gives it a little bit of extra protection. Yeah. Yeah. And I quite liked I mean, it is a good, it is a good price for that, you know, what they've crammed in there. For me, the, the size of it is something I, I don't like larger watches. So that's something against it from, but that's a purely uh, personal preference of course um but the ruggedness i I found this i mean i I did all my refereeing in all sorts of weather never had a problem with the watch so um, but it will you know it certainly give you you know when you go off the end of the pier off your bike and go into diving mode straight into the water you you'll be confident that the watch can survive it (laughs) well actually do you know um what what i did buy as well so i bought the phone and the other thing i bought was the um the 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 ocean band as they call it which is their one for scuba diving actually because it fits perfectly on my large so i currently have a series 7 uh the big size of 45 millimeter and so everyone said that the the watches for the new ultra will fit on the 45 they won't fit on the smaller one but they do fit on the 45 and they absolutely do and they're perfect and you know, it's winter's coming and I knew I was going to get rained on. And for now, I've been up until now, I'd been using a surf band in winter. But it's not that comfortable when it gets wet because it's a nylon-y material. Right, right. I mean, it is designed, obviously, for getting wet, but I just never found that comfortable. So I, I ordered the ocean band and the day it arrived, I got the most rained on I have been on in weeks. And it's perfect. It was really comfortable, even though all the rest of me was really quite not comfortable. <laughs> And it's luminous yellow. I went with a bright yellow one. And it's not like Apple have gone very pastel of late. This is not pastel. And it's exactly oh, what right. I want. Good. It, well, yes. Yeah. And, and that's that's kind of for that watch as well, isn't it? You know, it, that kind of watch. So it, it's got to be a little bit louder. Yeah. If you think the, the watch that it's going to was originally designed for. I know you're not using it with the uh, the Ultra, but uh, it, it certainly was designed for the Ultra, so it's it's going to be a little bit louder. But yeah, yeah. oh well. I, it works well Good. with my Blue, because I remember the Blue Series 7, and the Blue really is, the, the Apple Watch actually is blue, unlike the, the iPhones. And so I, I sort of call it my Ukra- my pro-Ukraine look. Ukrainian, uh, yeah, I was just bright thinking. yellow band. A, yeah, you gone for a Ukrainian, a Ukrainian wrist. Very good. Yeah. But still, I like it a lot, actually. So, the, you know, that was nice. And I can prove to people, anyone who's like, it does, do the bands really work? Yes, they do. And they fit yeah. absolutely perfectly. That's a good move. There was a, quite a lot of concern that they wouldn't. But um, I'm glad that they haven't gone down a, a, a different route. And that's you know, good on your Apple for doing that, really. Yeah, because that means that from the Apple Watch Series Zero, which they didn't even call a Series Zero when they made it, because it was just the Apple Watch. Yep. If you bought a band, in fact, I still have my first band. Um and it fits perfectly with the newest watch and it will fit perfectly with the Ultra when I upgrade in a year or two. So it's, you know, all in all, pretty darn good. Very anyway, good. I guess we should cycle back and say what Apple actually talked about. So <laughs> big picture wise, the feature that's everywhere. So they stuck it in the watches. They've stuck it in the phones. They have gone all in on crash detection. Um, It, it reads lots and lots of signals to try and for whether it was actually a crash or if you just, you know, smashed your hand off something or whatever. And I think there's been a lot of hoo-ha because in tests that are quite artificial, it doesn't always trigger. But it's designed not to trigger a false positive. So if you're not on the road and you're not doing normal driving things, I don't think it's entirely unexpected that it wouldn't trigger. So, you know, anyway... 
Yeah, I mean, that's what you, you don't want any false negatives on that sort of thing, do you? There have been yeah. times when I've fallen off my bike um, and I've then got a buzzing on my wrist and realised that it's actually going to just about call either uh, nearest and dearest or, you know, the police to say, uh, uh, are you OK? <laughs> and, Sir, we're sending an ambulance out to you. No, you really don't need to. So you don't need too many of those happening. Um, no, it has, but, like I have, I got knocked off the bike and it triggered and I've very, very, very embarrassingly fell off. Um, I was quite late coming to the party with clip on pedals and you know, the joke <laughs> yeah. is everyone ends up coming a crapper once. Oh yeah, I did. Um, and the Apple watch is like, you know, to add to my embarrassment as I fell off the bike at one mile an hour, <laughs> uh, would you like me to call for help? It's like, no, unless you do bruised egos. <laughs> Yeah, and that's coming, uh, and this is coming to everything, though, isn't it, as yeah. well? The crash detection is coming yeah, we... to, and when I say everything, I mean, that's in, is that in software for some older devices or not? No, is I don't just think so, the, because... It's just, it's just the newer devices with the chip that can detect it. Yeah, because it's it's using stuff like air pressure and stuff as well, so yeah, that way it yeah. detects when airbags have gone off and stuff like that. So it's actually picking a lot of signals. Um, Apple have released some fairly detailed videos on how it all works. It's pretty clever, actually. Yeah. And I'm sorry to say we know it works. There was a pretty horrific car accident in Nebraska where actually no one survived, but the phone, the, the detection worked and help was called. It was just unfortunately too late. The accident was too serious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it does work. Um, the other thing then uh, that uh, got an update was AirPods 2, sorry, AirPods Pro 2. So basically better everything, um, better noise cancellation where it can sort of intelligently know what to cancel and what not to cancel. Um, and also this personalized spatial audio thing, which I have. Um, so I have a new podcasting setup. And one of the things in the new podcasting setup is a pair of AirPods Max, which also have this personal uh, spatial audio thing. And you basically have to wave your camera phone at your ears and it maps your ears and then it gives you better spatial audio. And it's the weirdest thing because it's like face ID, only you have to do it to the side of your head where you can't see the screen. <laughs> Ear ID. Yeah, it's your ID, and it makes noises at you to help you guide you when you have the phone in the right place. It's a very weird experience, and it—I mean, my spatial audio is good, but I have no idea if it's better because of making me wave the phone around. But anyway, if you buy a new pair of AirPods Pro, you can experience that too. Well, I—I'm not a an AirPods Pro user. Um, it's just a little. I, I, the t- the times that I would use them, um, I know that they stay in really well. I so I've been told. Mm. Um. However, I, I would use them a lot in the garden. Now, in the garden, you get lots of brushing of past trees and past plants. And <laughs> there are may, so many times when something just flicks my yeah. um, my current earpods out. And I, a small thing like that in the garden, I don't want to be looking around on the floor. And I'm not sure I want to spend that amount of money on AirPods. However, I have heard quite a few people saying that they are really quite impressed with the new AirPods too. Uh, I can't Pro stand too. sealed in-air things, which is why the Pro is just of no interest to me. I have regular right, AirPods, right. which I like actually quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and then I have, uh, for the garden, I use over-the-ear headphones because they're much more robust. Um, true. Very true. They're not, they're, not, they're not Apple expensive, I think. Is it Soundcore? Is that the name of that? Um, Sound, Soundcore, I, yeah, I do know that. I think I've got some speakers uh, 
of that. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, I'm not sure if there's a brand. I'm not sure if that's the brand or not, Soundcore. It's basically um, it's a brand within a brand. I'm trying to remember. Yes, who, I can't think who does them though. It's a it's a brand we love, and their audio stuff they rebranded a Soundcore. But anyway, they have noise cancelling headphones that I use for all the gardening and stuff, and it they can handle the lawnmower. So if they can handle the lawnmower, that you know to me that's test passed. You know. Uh, and the other little it's anchor anchor it thank anchor. you i was going to say anchor but I, I thought no it can't be anchor but it is anchor yeah it is anchor yeah and i i love their stuff actually um mm. now one thing i just adore about these new airpods pro 2 is that apple have added a thing presumably it's somewhere in the firmware but if you pay for the engraving when you do that magic connecty thing which which really is bloody magic compared to how bluetooth usually works when you do that little thing to connect them to your to your computer or your phone or whatever by just flicking open the case your engraving will be on the little picture that shows up on the screen. I just think that's so cool. It's a little thing and it means nothing. And yet, so very Apple. Yeah, draw that. yeah agreed. Uh, the next thing that they announced was the three Apple watches. So you have the SE2, which you are a happy owner of. Um, I am. From Apple's point of view, they were pushing it quite strongly as the... Basically, with the family sharing thing, you can buy an Apple Watch for someone who doesn't have an iPhone and you can manage it for them. And Apple were very much saying, look, this cheap Apple Watch is perfect to buy for, you know, your kids and your grandparents, basically. Yep. People older than you and younger than you. Um, and that certainly makes sense. And I don't think I've ever seen such value for money from an Apple Watch. So it's it's not exciting technologically, but I think it's really good for the platform. Yes, definitely. Totally agree with that. And um it 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 does make the ecosystem of getting into using uh, an Apple Watch because it especially if if people are buying them also and giving them the capability to be able to do things on them like make calls and send emails the amount of times that I've used the cellular functionality of this watch by making a call when we were kayaking round an island off Lou and the, it just it, I, I didn't make the call i received a call but it was just superb i've texted my daughters when i was uh, got asked a question just before a game of rugby when i was out in the middle of the, the rugby pitch about to blow my whistle and i had to quickly <laughs> respond <laughs> wow well, i didn't have to i didn't have to but, but i did I was, yeah. because i could so uh yeah the whole ecosphere of the apple watch is just superb and this gets a lot of people into it yeah a lot more people into it and then you have the Series 8, which is very much an upgrade. And I think a lot of people are yep. disappointed because it was just an upgrade. It has a new sensor, which is body temperature, but they're being very conservative, I guess, with how they're using the sensor at the moment. They're not saying we're going to give you accurate body temperature and warn you about fevers and stuff. They're just kind of tracking changes so that you can use it for things like uh, cycle tracking um, for, you know, for, for people that are trying either to conceive or not. Um, yeah i think it's i think it's quite difficult on on that score certainly um i i you know we made the the uh the the awful men jokes about i really don't need the cycle tracking um functionality but but it, equally it's also uh skin temperature as well so people do have to think about many of these monitors and use them just as trends um i think apple realized that as well but sometimes people think oh it can do this that means that means it's going to tell me when you know something well all of the sensors on pretty much any device really you've got to be a little bit careful and perhaps use it more often so that you can see what's happening over a longer period and if you get changes then there's something to think about um rather than uh, it being an accurate 
uh, reader of that particular thing that you're looking for it to read to because you've got the you've got the um oh oxygen blood oxygen sensor on them as well but they're pretty darn accurate actually they're they're impressively accurate because i yeah well you say that i've i've heard slightly differing that they are accurate uh constantly on what they're telling you Again, you've got to be a little bit careful how accurate you're using them in terms of what the results are actually telling you. Um, but I think that's what Apple is good at, is making sure that the device and the sensors are consistently accurate in what they're, you know, the information that they're giving you. Um, how deep you take that information is something which always just concerns me slightly. That's why I'm kind of bringing it up here, really, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I imagine what will happen over time is that Apple will get more comfortable with the body temperature sensor. They'll start to use it for more. But I kind of like this conservative attitude of we roll it out and we'll use it for some things and then we'll have some real world yeah. data yeah. and we will learn and we will develop and we'll yes. take it forward. So I think yeah, that's definitely where Fair point. And a lot of the people who are cranky that the Series 8 isn't earth-shattering, well, for a start, Apple were busy shattering the earth with the Ultra, so that probably took their engineering team's effort. But the regular Apple Watch, it's now in a stage where a watch lasts people two, three, four years. So the question isn't, is the Series 8 better than the Series 7? Only, you know, complete nutters are upgrading every year, or people who do it for a living. So really the question is, if you're in a Series 5 or a Series 6, is the Series 8 interesting? And I think the answer is, yes, it is, actually. Um, and I think that's the context you should look at. And it's just a nice year-over-year update. Yep. And then you have the Ultra, which is big, bold. Um, it's certainly not hiding its light under a bushel. You know, they're, they're leaning into the more rugged look. Like, it is... It is not trying to be a subtle watch that hides on your wrist. It's quite happy to be shouty and, you know, to, to be a statement, which I quite like, actually. And they've added an action button, which you can program to make it do whatever you like, which is the first time the Apple Watch's buttons have been at kind of your disposal instead of being operating system level. So it's got a one button for you. Um, and it's quite powerful, the things you can do with it, which is nice. And again, we have a bunch of special bands for the more outdoor ruggedy stuff, and they are interchangeable with the 45 millimeter. So, you know, and I think the fact that it's proper waterproof, it has a siren so you can attract attention. It has a substantially larger battery and a bigger screen. It's a real outdoory product, isn't it? It's an adventurer. Uh, it is, but I think the, the best description I've heard of it was from, was it, uh, oh, Dave, David Smith from, um guy who does the widget app. Definitely Smith, I think. Anyway, he, he tested it out with a hiking trip through Scotland, and his description of it was that it was like a pickup truck. It drives like a car, so you haven't, you know, it's not like some sort of specialist thing that you have to be, you know, it it's just, it is an Apple Watch and it behaves like an Apple Watch, but it does more. So it's like an Apple Watch anymore. So he, he he's of the opinion that anyone could have this watch, not just the ultra sporty people. Yeah. But if you are an ultra sporty person, you will definitely get great value out of it, particularly for hiking and stuff where you're away from the electricity grid for an extended period of time. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting device. I, 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 I like the concept and I'd, I'd certainly liked um, the, uh, the look of the watch. It's just... For me, it's just a little bit too big, and I think I think they've hit the nail on the head with the the pricing. I think a lot of people were expecting a much heavier pricing on it. So, 
um, and also for any astronomy, they they do the um, the red light, I think, don't they, at night as well. Oh, yeah, so if you're taking world, pictures, yeah, yeah the night, I, I think that was, you know, it's little bits like that which they think about and is there and available, which is just superb. I mean, it, it's definitely useful for astronomy and it's definitely useful for astrophotography and stuff, but it's also just useful if you're camping because the last thing you want is to be blinded in the middle of the night just because you need to go pee. <laughs> you know, like you do need to, to, to be able to get back to your tent without stumbling around in the dark because it could be quite yes. dangerous. <laughs> uh, and I have to say, when I was watching the keynote and as I was watching and describe the watch, I was gearing up for having to save up for a thousand pounds or euros for the watch. And when they announced the $7.99 price point, I was very shocked. In yes. a good way. It's a bit like the iPad, actually, because we all thought when they announced the first iPad, it would be a $1,000 device. And then Steve Jobs said, was it $4.99? Or maybe it was $5.99. But either way, it was way less than we thought. And I had the same Absolutely. feeling with the, with this Ultra Watch. And then that brings us on to the iPhones. Um, the big story is they all have emergency satellite calling initially rolling out to the US and Canada but apparently it will be rolling out to other countries um i love the headline from apple insider emergency sos via satellite expanding to more countries in 2022 sketchy report says so apple haven't promised but i think everyone understands that you don't put the chip in just to do it for two countries so i'm, I'm no, sure it will roll no. out to more Agreed. um it's text based so if you're in trouble, you can get help, but you're not going to be talking to someone. It's going to be text-based. And Apple have a whole UI to, because it's not actually easy to talk to a satellite without it. Like if you see a satellite phone, they have these giant big antennae on top. Like yes, they're yeah. not subtle devices. And this iPhone does not have that. The, you know, the iPhone 14 or 14 Pro, they're, they're normal iPhones. So the only way they work with the satellite stuff is you actually have to point them correctly. And so they actually have a little animation on screen that, that helps you to point in the right way. And then it will sort of play a game of 20 questions with you so that you can construct your call for help and then it can send the whole thing in one go. So basically when you manage to lock onto a satellite, boom, away it goes. And they're actually paying for human beings to sit in a call center and take those text messages coming in. And if you're in a place where the local emergency services can deal with text, it will just get routed through. But if you're in a place where emergency services can't handle text-based calls for help, they will actually have a human phone up the emergency services and relay the message for you, which, which is, again, very forward-thinking and really very much the outdoorsy keynote for everyone. Uh, there was a lot of hoo-ha, you know, will it be Elon Musk giving Apple satellite connectivity? I was pretty sure it wouldn't be because I don't think they're on particularly good terms. Well, we now know no, it's Globestar. No. And apparently Apple are now their biggest customer, taking up 85% of their capacity. So that's a well done Globestar. You've paid for yourself. Wow. Um, I wonder how that works though, Bart. You know, they're taking up 85% of their capacity. How, how what, hmm. Yeah, I've, it just throws lots of questions to my mind in terms of capacity in the fact that you may have people using you or mm. the fact, because obviously what you don't want is people to use it. But okay, actually, what I forgot to say in my summary is so it does the emergency stuff, but there's actually another feature that is not for emergencies. You can send a um, a push of Apple's Find My via satellite. Right. Okay. So that means so if that, you're out hiking, that, so that's more likely to be um, traffic for Globestar. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is, I guess, are they buying Spectrum? 
Is that how mm. it works? Is I don't know. I've got no idea. Yeah, I, I don't either. Now I wish I did. But I guess one thing is that whatever Apple are doing today is the start of something. So they might yeah. just be invested in like, fine, we're going to stop anyone buying this by buying the capacity now. And maybe they're only going to be using like 1% of their 85%. And, you know, maybe the iPad will be Quest- like... Questions that will certainly be answered um, as they uh, start to use or the, the ca- capacity and capability starts to get used. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, in terms of the iPhone 14, then, it's all in all, it's a pretty, like the Apple Watch Series 8, it's it's a it's a pretty normal update. But again, I don't look at it compared to the 13, compared to the 12 or the, you know, or the 11, and it's, it's a nice upgrade for people. Yeah. Camera gets a bit nicer. I think the biggest change externally, outwardly, is that the mini size is gone. And now it is, so the what was the big, I guess what was the middling size remains as it was, but instead of it having a little brother, it now has a big brother. And so you don't have to choose, basically, size of phone is no longer what makes a phone pro or not pro. So your premiumness and your size of screen have been disconnected from each other and you can you can go premium or not premium and big or small as, as you wish, which is probably nice because I think a lot of people like a big phone but don't want the fancy pants features yep. of the pro. Agreed. So, very clever, I think. I think it's just meeting a need there. But the fascinating thing is that when iFixit took it apart, they had nice things to say. That this is very <laughs> rare. They gave it, I think it was an 8 out of 10 repairability. Basically, they've re-engineered how the phone works. So it's way, way easier to get at the innards of it. And it's actually quite a clever design using... They're using the other sort of band, which was the bit that caused them all the trouble in antenna gate. They're using that in a very clever way to make the phone easier to get in at from either the back or the front. You can sort of get at everything from either side. And one would hope that this is an experiment that will then get passed on to other models, because what we know now uh, is that it's the 14 has this, but the 14 Pro and Pro Max do not have this. It is just an iPhone 14 thing, this new design. But it is a very interesting new manufacturing process. That's probably the most notable thing about the 14, which I get, you know, and people themselves don't care, but it's it's an interesting move by Apple. I wonder if that's, um, it depends how many phones they're having to repair themselves and whether this yeah. is actually also a bit of a cost-saving uh, process for, for Apple uh, in terms of repairability, uh, you know, costing them less in terms of, uh, uh, being able to make more money again, we're talking about P and L on the, uh, you know, on the. Well, it isn't uh, their interest, like on a, on Apple Care. Yeah, no, no one fixes as many iPhones as Apple. No, agreed. So it's completely in their interest to make it as easy as possible to fix them. Yeah, which is one of the reasons I think this notion that Apple are intentionally making their phones hard to repair was always daft. It was a case of we need to get these phones to be small and powerful, therefore they're difficult to repair. That wasn't a feature; that was like a trade-off. I won't yes. call it a bug, it was a trade-off. Yeah. Uh, the Pro then, a lot of its TLC went into the camera, but which is kind of interesting because it got a 48 megapixel sensor, but they're using it as a 12 megapixel most of the time by using a technique called pixel binning, which means that you get four physical pixels representing one virtual pixel, and the advantage is amazing low light performance and a really good signal-to-noise because you literally have four times more signal, that you're, you know, so the noise goes right down. But 
you now get an effectively an optical 2x lens by simply taking the middle chunk of that 48 megapixel sensor and actually using it as one pixel sensors and that gives you a, a hardware 2x so in hardware you now have a 0.5x a 1x a 2x and a 3x which is really quite nice for a camera phone so we have four physical you know four optical zoom levels even though we only have three lenses which is nice and you know the low light performance as someone who likes astrophotography and stuff more more low light please thank you very much yeah so uh, and the yeah, flash the cam- also I got mean, a bit yeah, of the, yeah the camera's just getting better and better on these things it's just absolutely outstanding what uh, the sorts of technology which is being thrown not just from apple devices but also from uh uh, is it the Pixel, the Google Pixel? Phone? Yeah, they're, they're very much pushing each other, right? Because yes. they, they, they keep on leapfrogging each other in abilities, which is fantastic because we all get to benefit. Good for us, yeah, good for us, definitely, definitely. Uh, and like I said, the flash got a bit of a bit of TLC where it now has a Fresnel lens in front of it, and so if you're zoomed in, it'll actually beam the flash in a narrow band, but if you're zoomed out, it'll use the Fresnel lens to. Scatter the light. Scatter your light better so you get an even lighting on your flash, even at wide angle, which which is definitely not something that used to be true. With the wide angle with the flash, it used to be a case that the middle of your shot was well lit and the rest of it looked yes. like the world's worst vignette. Yes. Um, so you should have <laughs> less of that, uh, which is nice. Uh, and then the other thing is that, uh, I mean, the reason the cameras work so well is because of the image processing they're doing. It's as much an AI story as it is a, an optic story. And... They're now applying way more of their image processing on the raw data before they scale it down to effectively JPEG. So it used to be that a lot of their pipeline was later in the process when you had thrown away excess data, but now they're doing that processing on the full raw data. So that that is a big deal. And that means that those those image processors are now dealing with a lot of data. Like they're they're working hard. So it's very impressive they're able to do that. We are so much further along when somebody used to say, do you know, there is more technology in this phone than there was to land the first Apollo on the moon. Yeah. And we are so far beyond that now. It's incredible it, the technology you're, you're, that goes into it. You're dead right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there is one slight downside to this better camera. The camera bump has gotten bigger. <laughs> and people are finding that wireless charging on certain easel type stands is not working. Yeah. Which is now my uh, my Belkin charge stand thankfully has little sort of free floating circular things it clips onto so it's proving okay. What I haven't tried yet is whether my charger in the car still works. I'm slightly afraid to because I'm so fond of the built-in charging in the car. I, will, I actually will be mildly cranky if it doesn't work, and I'll have to so, so I've heard, something. So I've heard. So I've heard this a few times from people, and I wonder what your your view it, on it is. Would you prefer the bump not to be there, so you've actually got a thicker phone and more battery life, or to have the slightly thinner and probably lighter phone with the bump? I I prefer the thinner, lighter phone, but maybe what would yeah. be nice is if there was some sort of like um, Qi adapter that you could basically clunk to the back of your phone with MagSafe to make it still work on your existing stuff. Basically a little Qi hardware extender. Well, it's not become Qi gate yet, but let's wait and see. Oh let's yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure someone, <laughs> goodness only knows. Yep, 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 yep. Um, And yeah, I think that sort of, they're sort of the main features of the 14 Pro. Uh, although 
We should mention for our American listeners that uh, all the iPhones 14, whether they be Pro or not Pro, are eSIM only in the United States. And for the moment, that's US only. I think you guys are guinea pigs for the rest of the world. Agreed. Um, so that is that. That does mean, correct me here, that does mean that they've got a different model. It must do, right? Because they physically don't have the hole. I, I believe there's like a blanking plate in front of it. But they don't have a SIM tray. Right. So it must be different. So so you said something there which um, you said it's got a blanking plate in front of it. Do, do think, we know that, or is that? Or do we? Are we not sure? Because it's, it's either a different. Mm. It's either a different wrap, isn't it, which they're using? Because it doesn't have to be that particularly different inside. It just needs to be the outer casing, which either does or doesn't have a tray area. Or, as you just mentioned, it possibly has a blanking plate, which means you can't actually take it out. So, either or, they've got a different model. Now, yeah. I've heard quite a lot of complaining from. Um, not complaining, but concern about only being able to go eSIM, um, mainly because I think in America the networks and the carriers aren't quite as good as perhaps they are in Europe when it comes to swapping and changing SIMs. Although I do still have a slight concern with you know getting an eSIM. You know, it's it, it is good to be able to go to a new country and just popping uh, a SIM. Um, but hypothetically, the experience of moving to another country should be easier because you can have eight eSIMs in your phone and two active preset. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. That's an absolutely fair point. But uh, maybe, maybe the experience that a lot of people have had in the US is uh, with their carriers and certainly eSIMs has not been quite the, the sort of experience we've probably had in Europe. I've never had an eSIM, so I guess that's, I'm the wrong person to ask. But I've had a I've had an eSIM on the last two. Is it two phone? When almost when it first came out, I I ah. and I flipped over to an eSIM, and I've never experienced any issues with it. I found it quite uh, initially. The first one was a little bit because it was new, but since then, never had an issue. Been uh, been really good. Yeah, and I I think this this sort of reminds me of Apple ditching the floppy disk early. I think everyone knows this is where we're going. I think the only question is too yeah. soon. And so I guess, but I have definitely heard the reviewers and stuff have all had a very positive experience. So, you know, so it's like in the abstract, we're a bit concerned, but actually it was grand. So hopefully that proves to be the case for most people. Um, right, well, I'm going to draw a line under the hardware there. So let's move on. Oh, no, I'm okay. not. Okay. Well, I was just going to say something because I, I, I just wondering, and it's kind of flipping right back to the USB-C story that okay. we had. I wonder whether in the future they will eventually just have Qi charging and not have a connector at all, so that if you want to connect and connect to another device, it's either through Bluetooth, which is slow, or a Wi-Fi connection. Because certainly if I ever airdrop, we recently went on a holiday with a few friends and we were airdropping left, right and centre photos to each other, and it worked really smoothly and rather quite quickly. Now, if you've got a big, large amount of data to move, it's not quite as good. But I wonder if, obviously, US, uh, USB-C and the fact that um, the EU said you've got to have USB-C is something which Apple, again, well, actually, in a few years' time, we may not have a connector at all. I think we are heading that way because, ultimately, the wireless tech is only going to get better. So the question isn't, is wireless tech good enough now? The question is, when we get to the point where USB-C becomes old hat, 
you know, which is at least five years out realistically. Yeah. Will by then we have good, fast, reliable wireless connections? And I think the answer is yes. You know, Bluetooth LE7 or whatever number we'll be at by then, (laughs) you know, should do the trick just fine. Right. So I I think you're right. I think maybe the, 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 the dumb idea of setting USB-C in stone forever may not be an issue because we just go away from physical connectors. Yep. Okay, well, moving us on to main story number two then, new operating systems. Um, So hypothetically, there are three. Two of them I can deal with really quite quickly. Did you notice your Apple TV updating to tvOS 16? I didn't. I didn't. (laughs) I have got it on auto-update, I must admit, So I, but I didn't. No, mine's on auto-update too, and apparently it now has Matter support. So again, when I go around to buying myself new shiny things for Christmas, it'll be ready to go. But Good. really, it was just a token update, right, for tvOS. So we can jump over that one pretty easily. WatchOS 9, largely just a maintenance update. The biggest change that I noticed immediately is that the uh, Workouts app has gotten a pretty major facelift. And that, yeah. that was that was obvious pretty much immediately because my watch updates itself. So I hadn't noticed all day anything had changed. And I went in my cycle in the evening. I was like, whoa, what the heck is going on here? So other than that, it really hasn't changed that much. Uh, although there is a low power mode, which people may find useful. Yeah, I've actually, it's funny because whenever I've done any walks or cycles, it's almost automatically gone onto that low cycle mode. Now, I must have something clicked, which I need to uncheck because I don't need it to go onto that because it does restrict some of the view, I think. If that's all it's doing, there is then a that's... setting. If you go into your watch and you go to the workouts app setting in your watch app, so you know that the watch app is effectively yep. a second control panel. Yeah. Well, there's yep. a setting in there for the workouts app, and there's a toggle in there for whether or not it should auto jump to low power mode when you enable a workout. That must be checked for me then, because it's definitely doing it automatically. So, uh, and I don't always need it. Um, there are times when I would, but uh, not at yeah. the moment. So, okay, I'll check that out. Yeah. Now, the and new I, workouts app is definitely like it does heart rate zones. There's way more stuff. And the other thing is when you get yeah. home and you look at the workouts on your phone, so on, on the matching iOS 16, you get way more detail than you used to. So on the whole, major improvement. Definitely. You have lost the ability to customize the screens while you're working out. So I actually had quite custom screens set up and I wanted the calories burned highlighted, not the time. But if I do an open workout now, it is the top line highlighted in yellow and I can't. I used to be able to use the scroll wheel to move down to highlight what I wanted highlighted, but that right. ability is gone. But in exchange, I now have, was it four different views to choose between and way better tracking of stuff. So you know, on the whole, it's definitely an improvement, but it, it is noticeable that I've lost a minor amount of configurability in exchange for the shiny new. And I'm, sure, didn't highlight that. I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure that will come, I think, back at some point in the future. Possibly, but I think given that you now have four screens to use from, maybe that's considered enough customization by Apple. What took me a while to get used to is that you used to have to turn the digital crown to unlock because I, I, basically I noticed that my cycle jerseys tend to trip the watch. So I always lock it, which is technically a water lock, but I just lock it so that the jerseys can't pause my workout while I'm cycling because that's really disappointing. You go for a two-hour cycle and it's tracked <laughs> like 15 minutes. Um, but it used to be that you unlocked it by turning the digital crown and now turning the digital crown changes between the views. You have to press and hold the crown to unlock. And that took me 
couple of days to get into the hang of that one. That's a lot of time turning, 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 turning. Going, why aren't you beeping? Why aren't you beeping? Yeah, oh, yeah look, that's it's telling that's, me. That's the biggest handicap Apple have got, and that's memory, uh, muscle memory, isn't it, for people? Yeah. But anyway, you know, on the whole, it didn't take me that long to, to cop on, and I'm perfectly settled in now. Good. Uh, but it was noticeable. Um, we don't get to have a new Mac operating system yet. We're waiting. And we don't get to have a new iPad operating system. So we're now in the stage where my iPad is running an older operating system than my phone. Because what we do have, which is definitely the biggest change, is iOS 16. The single most obvious thing is the customizable lock screen, the lock screen widgets, the fact that you can unsend messages. Um, also, focus mode got a lot of TLC. Um yeah, I think they're sort of the main things. Uh, oh, and I think a lot of people are very happy that you can finally have multiple stops on a single route in Apple Maps. That made more people happy than is probably realistic. <laughs> but yes. why wasn't it there? I'm Yeah, that's taken far too long to be, <laughs> come to Maps. That really has. But uh, As an EV really... driver, being able to program in my battery stops, that's kind of a part of a road trip, right? And I hate Tesla's built-in navigation app. It apparently it's good in the states. The Irish data for it is bloody terrible. It doesn't is it? It either doesn't know the lane positions, which are vital when you're driving in Dublin city, like absolutely vital. And it either gets it wrong or it doesn't know. And so you're coming up to a junction with like six lanes, and the, the thing is saying turn left. I'm like, shh, you know, S H one T. Where which I be? left? Yeah, yeah. Whereas Siri is fantastic because Siri does all sorts of really clever things. Like if there's confusing traffic lights really close together, she'll say something like, "At the next light, but not these ones. Move into the second lane and turn right." It's like, oh wow, that's you know. I was almost like, this is a really confusing junction, and she she's proactively gone cleared up all the confusion by adding a few little you know caveats in front of her statements i'm really happy so it's just really good that i can say i would like to go to my brother's house via the supercharger nathan rye please brilliant Um, yeah so that makes me happy um and actually something that made people cranky as well that we definitely should mention is uh, i've been a user of the dark sky app for many 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 moons and i didn't know if i was happy or sad when apple bought them because on the one hand i want the Apple Watch, or sorry, the the Apple ecosystem to just have that, right? Why should people have to buy an extra app? It's just, you know, I've I've been an evangelist for Dark Sky. So the fact that Apple bought it sort of made me happy, but they kept it as a standalone app until now. It has now been merged into the weather app and I kind of like what they've done with it. It seems to work pretty well. But when you open Dark Sky, the app, you now get a warning in exactly the same font and location where they put things like extreme weather warnings. Sorry, Apple, but that was not a good choice. It's like, oh, my God, there's an extreme weather warning. Extreme weather, there will be no more Dark Skies after January. Oh, <laughs> OK, fine. Um, But yeah, so some people are cranky that Dark Sky is going away. But actually, I think they've done a good job of rolling it in. And you can have system level alerts now telling you it's going to rain. I really need to check out the uh, the weather app because I haven't used the Apple weather app ever. I don't think yeah. ever. So uh, I'll have to have a have a look at it now, a little bit closer uh, uh, look at it. If you're uh, if you're utilising it uh, quite a lot, yeah. and it's got a uh, oh the definitely dark sky and, you know, as well. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's the same data as we had in dark sky. So instead of dark sky telling me you're going to get wet and. 15 minutes is now my iOS telling me I'm going to go wet in 15 minutes. It's just as accurate as it ever was. And 
I think the Apple weather app itself, it, it's a different UI to Dark Sky, but it's, it's no better or worse. It's just cool. different. So I, I think it's fine. Um, as personally, I have really, I have finally, finally started to use focus modes. Because now you can tie the focus mode to a lock screen, a home screen, and an Apple Watch screen. So they, you can just tie it all together. So I now have a work focus mode that when I, I have it come on automatically at nine o'clock and finish automatically at five o'clock. And in the work focus, the home screen on my phone goes to giant big calendar widgets and a giant big weather widget for my lunchtime walk and just Teams and Outlook. And all the other distractions are gone. Twitter, none of it to be seen. And at five o'clock, Teams and Outlook sod off. I don't see them. <laughs> and Twitter and Slack and for Alison's community and stuff, all of that stuff comes up. And I get the little clownfish as my background. Um, whereas during work time, I've gone with the rainbow one because, you know, our workplace is quite good on these things. And they, they bought us all rainbow lanyards. So I was like, if you're going to buy me a rainbow lanyard, why don't I make my watch face match my lanyard? So my watch face is rainbow as well. And it's, it just works so well now. And also the widgets again, are locked into, so your lock screen, your home screen and your watch all locked in together. I think it's really cool. I really need to look at focus mode. And I, I, I mean, I have changed the lock screen, um, but I really need to to see how focus work, uh, mode can work better for me because I, I think I had a cursory look at it and really it, it didn't, it didn't click. So I need to, I need to look a little bit closer, I think, at that. I think you need to have a problem to solve. Uh, yes, it it generally helps because then you you've got a reason to fix the problem or solve the problem. But it's uh, now yeah. very powerful. So if you're just going in there in the abstract, going what can it do? The answer is it can do a lot. But unless yeah, you're but, trying to achieve something, yeah. So that so I, I think the to answer your question, I've got to play with it so I understand it and understand how I can use it. But then I've got to step away from it, put it to one side, and go right. When will it be useful to me? And so for me, it's definitely the fact that now when I'm in work, none of my personal stuff is even visible. It's just completely gone. And when I'm in me time, that Outlook icon doesn't have a bloody badge shouting at me. The Teams app is gone. It, it, it just, it really does help me to separate the two, which is much healthier for my mental health, to be honest, to be distracted in neither place. Because, yes, yeah. You know, yeah. Um. Are you a big widgets user on your home screen? Uh, or sorry, on your lock screen? On my lock screen. I I, I jumped in, but again, I, I found some widgets which I, I put on there and I found quite useful. But I think it needs to expand out in the, the types of widgets which are available. Um, so I would say I use them. I wouldn't say I'm a big widget user currently. I think the third party ecosystem is going to have a lot to bring here. Um, yes, Widget Smith has come to iOS. Uh, sorry, yeah, to iOS, which is definitely one I'm going to have to experiment with. For now, I have it's seventy five percent brilliant and twenty five percent really frustrating. So one of the things I've always had because I have a lot of battery powered devices, so I've always had a four by four widget on my home screen, which shows me battery on the Apple Watch, battery on the phone, battery on my headphones, and sometimes battery on my, um, what's the name Apple gave, the little battery pack that magnets onto the back. Um, I bought Apple's own brand one. So I um, often have um, four batteries. 
Oh yes, I know the one. That, that, it makes it look a little pregnant, doesn't it? I know it does rather, but I yeah. also like it. I can't. I can't think what it's called. I'll, I'll do a search one. Let's see if I can find it for you. But so you have the four battery indicators on the 4x4 widget. And so I went, oh, I'll add the battery indicator to the home screen widget. It'll, you know, maybe it'll show me four concentric circles like activity. Nope, it shows me one. I don't get to choose which one. It thinks it knows best and it's always wrong. It, it, just, it never tells me. At the moment, it's telling me that my Apple Watch is charged. That's bloody useless information. Tell me the state of something that isn't fully charged. That's actually useful information. Why do I want to know what is charged? So anyway. But on the other hand, the weather one is really clever. So I, I gave the weather one uh, the bigger space on the lock screen. And it actually, depending on what's going on, it will change what's there. So on a sunny day, it will tell you, you know, hey, it's sunny, here's the highs, here's the lows. But if there's rain coming, so again, the dark skies integration, it changes to a graph for the next hour of the expected rainfall every five minutes. And it does that automatically. So at a glance, you can just look at your that's phone great. and go, yeah, what's it going to really do? Good. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. That's really yeah. good. And that does tie in nicely with the always-on screen on the i the, the iPhone 14 Pro, which we forgot to talk about in the previous section. And that always-on <laughs> screen, when you combine it with the widgets, they make so much sense on an always-on screen. Now, I have heard some people saying that it's actually become a bit of a distraction to them. So it's a personality you, thing, yeah. Because some yeah. people keep on panicking that they're running down the battery because, oh my god, my phone's awake. Why is my phone awake? Yeah, that happened to me for about a day, but now yeah, it's but, wonderfully reassuring. Yeah, but I think the always on is also a bit of a distraction because it's there, and you can almost, you know, it, it's kind of a it it, it mm. almost draws you in. So some people have got a, you know, that I, I have heard a few people have said, yes, I had the. Or always on screen and then I basically went and turned it off because it was more of a distraction and other people like yourself that find it really really useful so he pays your money and takes you, your choice yeah, but I think it comes down to how you configure your notifications yes yeah, so, I'm very some, I, I, some, some, it's a little bit like dogs with squirrel though isn't it yeah, squirrel it's some people it's shiny shining at me they don't move across I, right, but, yeah, that's but why, I agree with you I agree with you in terms of making sure you get your configuration correct and that's in your control. Apple make it so easy. So my Twitter app never has a badge and there are never Twitter notifications on my home screen. So it doesn't squirrel at me. The only thing that squirrel at me is stuff like you telling me that I've late for something or other, which is probably useful. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. iPhone 7 smart battery case. That's the only thing I could find on Apple's site. So yeah, that's, that's the one. That's... It is a smart battery case. <laughs> um, anyway, so there we are. Um, now, I've just noticed something really weird. So we're in the middle of recording an episode and Audio Hijack has just started a fresh new file. Why has it done that? I'm hoping that will all come together in the edit. Apparently we're 27 seconds into our podcast. Anyway, hopefully that's a Mac teething problem. I'm hoping that turns out to be okay. Um, the thing we didn't talk about, actually we should have talked about in the iPhone 14, is Dynamic Island. Uh, the short version yes. is it's, it is the most playfully fun thing Apple have done in years. It is the most apple Apple thing ever, and I, I am extremely fond of it. But I think until the third-party apps are out to fully make use of it, it's cool, but not yet at potential. I've heard people who have got the phone and have seen it in action, much like you, have really liked it. So, But I agree with you. Again, it probably uh, will become even more of a useful 
um, part of the uh, the phone when more third party people can latch into utilizing that capability. Yeah. Um. Right. Well, unless you have anything else to throw in, Gaz, I, I think we probably have done our, our our main stories. What do you think? I think uh, I, it, I'm sure there's something that we've missed, but uh, no, I think we've pretty much covered it. Cool. Well, then I'm going to wrap us up with some quick stories that also made the news in September. Uh, App Store's prices are increasing because the US dollar is too strong and a lot of people don't seem to understand that's how it works. So they're all very cranky at Apple. And I do very slightly. I I didn't think I'd give them any credit for having a valid point, uh, mainly because Epic Games were leading the shouting, um, which generally (laughs) means it's not sensible. But You know, there are developers in the UK going, look, we're in the middle of a giant big spiral here with inflation and stuff, and I don't want to raise my prices. I'm happy to swallow it, but Apple have chosen for me that I can't swallow the price. I have to pass this on. And that's actually not an invalid argument. I guess they could move their app to a different tier. Um, But that may be too big of a drop, you know? So I think they actually do slightly have a point that there's very few places where you as the seller don't really get to set the price. Interesting. Very true. Uh, what happened the same day as the keynote? That uh, I think they thought this was a good idea, but actually it just meant that the news got completely swamped. Uh, but Kara Swisher did a fantastic interview. The video has been released at her code conference with uh, Tim Cook, Johnny Ive, and uh, Lorraine Powell Jobs, where they had a fantastic conversation remembering Steve, but they also announced the Steve Jobs archive, which is where some actual original material from Steve is being published. At the moment, it's just a few emails and stuff, but over time it's going to grow. And I'm not entirely sure they got as much credit or as much attention as it would have if it hadn't clashed with shiny new iPhones and stuff. But, you know, it, it is a thing. Um, and then in the UK, um, Tim Cook was over, actually, Tim Cook spent a lot of time in Europe. Uh, he, he did. Got, like, he even visited the Pope um, and he got honorary <laughs> degrees and stuff. But uh, while in the UK, he launched Apple's App Store Development Program for Women um, and gave pretty good interviews where he was pretty strident that it's absolutely ridiculous that there is an imbalance in the genders and the tech sphere that's just not acceptable and the tech industry needs to do better. So I thought, good on you. And this is you know doing something about it so that was yeah i i i, I have a feeling that um uh, many industries need to do better but yeah, it, yeah he's standing up so that's good that's good and then lastly stick a pin in it in the next show i will be talking about apple earnings on the 27th of october apple will tell us how their q4 went because not because they have a crystal ball but because their q4 doesn't happen in q4 of the calendar year because Just this could be quite an interesting one Considering really? the current situation in terms of outlook as well as uh, what's happening at the moment, yeah, because you know can, the way the world's going, it'll be interesting from a, a you know the prospect of how many sales have they actually done in the current you know in the current climate. I think it just could be quite an interesting conversation that some of the uh, analysts have with them because they have a call, don't they? So it could be some really yeah. I think there could be some quite interesting. Um, uh, questions go to them. 
a good point, actually. And with the dollar being so strong, I believe that you yep. call it, uh, what is it, uh, currency headwinds and stuff. Yeah, there could be quite a lot going on. So you're right. Because what, what, what often happens is if, if your currency is strong, your overseas sales then obviously lose more in terms of profit. So that could be, you know, it, it could be quite an interesting one. And we'll just see uh, the sort of questions that, uh, that they get and how they respond to them. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's uh, for digestion a month from now. We shall see what we see when we see it, as Ken Ray would say. Uh, Gaz, thank you very much for giving so freely of your Sunday afternoon. It is greatly appreciated. Would you like to let the good listeners know where they can hear more of your great work? Uh, indeed, uh, myself and uh, Monsieur Guy Searle uh, record on a fairly regular basis most weeks um, a podcast called the MyMac uh, Podcast uh, or the MyMac Show or the MyMac Program as it's often referred to and you can contact me at gaz at mymac.com and you can also contact Guy at guy at mymac.com We also have a, a Twitter feed which is Guy and Gaz G-U-Y-A-N-D-G-A-Z on the Twitters if you want to contact us and uh, yes I should be recording guys away at the moment so I should be recording maybe I've not completely persuaded myself but uh, yeah. maybe we'll be doing a single show this week but yeah that's where you can find more of uh, my uh, subtle tones <laughs> excellent well thank you again uh, I've been your host Bart Bouchots you can find me at Bart B oh no I should plug the own, the show's own website shouldn't I yeah let's yes. dot ie you will find detailed show notes there with all the stories that have informed my thinking on this month's news and some buttons to support the show a big thank you to everyone who does support the show. This show is 100% listener supported. There are no advertisers, which means my opinion is my opinion and there is no undue influence possible. Um, the show wouldn't exist without the support of the listeners. It does exist. Therefore, I owe you all a big thank you. Um, you can support the show on Patreon or make a one-off PayPal donation. Um, now, if you have, if you've been on the fence for a while, now might be a good time to hit the old PayPal button because I may have just spent six thousand euro on a new podcasting setup. And when I say may, what I mean is I did. Um, so a little bit of help to frame those costs would certainly not go amiss. But I am very much enjoying having a Mac Studio, a studio display, a new boom arm, new Wave XLR uh, interface, a Stream Deck. It's quite the experience going from a 2018 iMac to this so i am rather pleased but yeah little help definitely good time anyway i've been your host Bart. Bar- you i can't even end my own show apparently i've been your host of bart Bouchots. you can find me at bartb.ie until next time happy computing You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. You're listening to the G-Man. What? When we squirkled it? Well, yeah, we definitely squirkled that. And as it turns out, that's a real word. It is. I'm nodding my head. Uh-huh. Turn it on and give it a whirl. Now, you know what word I would choose. Yes. A Siri squirkle. Um. <laughs>
I'm nodding my head. Blowing up in my face each and every week. Uh, uh, where you hit the balls up to the top and it ink spurts out. And you're supposed to try and get as much of the ink squirted out from these points on the pinball machine. (laughs) 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 I am in such a mood tonight. 